Bonjour and welcome to another episode of Everyone Hates Marketers.com, the no fluff, actionable marketing podcast for people sick of marketing bullshit. I'm your host, Louis Grenier. After four years, 175 episodes recorded, 9,625 minutes of no bullshit content published, and 1 million plus downloads reached, I felt it was time to shake things up a bit. You see, I want to help you radically stand out because I firmly believe it's the only way for you to succeed without marketing bullshit. So moving forward, each episode is going to be around 20 minutes long. Each episode is going to be super practical where I'm going to teach you one way to radically stand out that you can apply to your business today. I'm going to use snippets of past interviews, the lessons I've learned from my own experience and plenty of concrete examples. Oh, and one last thing. I'm also turning each of those episodes into the only newsletter focusing on differentiation and positioning so you can read at your own pace and remember the concept I'm teaching. If it's of interest, I hope you'll sign up today on everyonehatesmarketers.com. I'll also notify you when I launch new stuff and products and you can win rewards for referring other mavericks to the newsletter, like branded cups and t-shirts and posters and private group coaching and plenty of other nice little surprises. All right, on to the podcast. It was my first job in marketing and I wanted to make an impression as quickly as possible. I was working for this SaaS company based in Dublin and one of my core objectives was to actually increase the conversion rate from visitors to paid customers. And I really had no clue where to start. I looked at websites of major SaaS companies to get some ideas. So I remember looking at MailChimp and Salesforce and Zendesk. And I remember Zendesk registration form cutting my eye because they only had two fields, the first name and the email. And we had eight at the time. And so I started looking around and looking at so-called best practices to increase conversions in forms and I found plenty and one of the key insights that I learned was that if you reduce the number of fields in your form you will increase conversions right so I thought to myself bingo if Zendesk is doing it we could do that we have eight fields by just removing the number of fields we will increase conversion rate we'll have more people filling that form out so less friction more conversion that's kind of mathematic and so we remodeled the registration based on that. I even think we split it in two screens where you'd enter your first name first and then your email in the second screen or something like that. We did have slightly more signups and conversions. So we're very happy with it. But when we looked at what really mattered, when we looked at the number of customers created, nothing moved. So same number of visitors, slightly more leads, but those leads didn't convert as much because we didn't really create new customers. And that was kind of one of my biggest lessons as a newbie marketer, blindly following best practices and focusing on trivial issues like this one can actually harm you and harm your business and harm your reputation as a marketer. It turns out there's a term for that called the law of triviality, which was coined by Parkinson in 19. 57. In his book, he talks about this example of a fictional committee whose job was to approve the plans for a nuclear power plant and where they spent the majority of their time discussing relatively minor but very easy to grasp issues 
such as the materials to use in the staff bike shed, neglecting the design for the plant itself, which is the main objective for it, right? So in the marketing perspective, you can really see the exact thing happening to me earlier in my career where I spend way more time on the trivial issues of trying to remove fields to increase conversion on a form instead of thinking, how do we create new customers? How do we bring new actual customers to the business? And so this law say that the time spent on any item of the agenda will be in inverse proportion to the sum of money involved. And I absolutely love it for this reason. It's also called bike shedding for that very reason of this bike shed example. So why does it matter? Why do I want to talk about it today with you? Is because you might be in the same situation I used to be where you have a new job or you get a new client and you want to make an impression as fast as possible. You might be feeling you're not having the impact you want to have in your existing business. Maybe you have new targets to reach. Maybe there's a new boss coming in and you want to make an impression. Maybe you just want to stand out from the rest. But at the end of the day, what matters, what you really need to do as a marketer is either creating new customers getting customers to pay more or making them stay longer or buy more items, right? And this problem of bike shading, of this law of triviality, like spending time on trivial issues seems to be stemming from the fact that as marketers, we like the remote control way of dealing with the world. And that's something that Perry Marshall, who's an online marketing consultant who uh, who talked about the rule of 80-20 in marketing on the podcast, and this is what he had to say. When I hung out my shingle, when I was doing sales and marketing at various companies, I really greatly preferred to hide in my cave and just like press the send button and deal the world via remote control. And in fact, I think that's a key difference between marketers and salespeople. Salespeople are usually people, they want to just go mix it up. They want to talk to people. They want to see people. Uh, they're usually more extroverted. Marketers are usually more introverted. In fact, I would say most of the marketers I know are actually introverts. And they li- they like the remote control way of dealing with the world. And they would rather take a survey than pick up the phone and talk to somebody. Uh, sometimes there's a positioning issue as well. Like, well, I want to be the guru at the top of the mountain. I don't want to come down to the bottom of the mountain and talk to all the ordinary people. You know, you could have that going on too. And so marketers often resist dealing with like the flesh and bone of real humans. And they like to deal with their audience, their customers as a list or as a segment or as a demographic. They don't, they don't, want to think of them as eyeballs and ears and skin and emotions and all of that. My friend Paul Mayer, who's the MD of the agency Meller and Smith, uh, talks about it from the need to stop optimizing the shit out of the engine. And this is what he has to say on this. Don't fall into the trap of being like, fuck, I must, I must concentrate all of my fucking might into optimizing the shit out of my engine. No, just get a pretty well-tuned engine and then blast the fuck out of it. It doesn't matter whether you increase the effectiveness, you know, tune your engine by 1%. Don't focus on that. Put more fucking petrol in the engine and let it make a bigger fucking noise. So overall, the problem is that we tend to spend time with tactical trivial issues that won't have the impact you're looking for in the business because marketing is there to create new customers, increase revenue, grow market share. 
So let me share a few examples of, of things I've done in my career and that I've seen around that honestly, if they're not linked to a proper diagnosis and strategy, are trivial items. For example, optimizing the checkout experience when you have 100 visitors a day, securing your company's profile on every social network you can think of, like Twitter and LinkedIn and TikTok and whatever, running a six months long RFP to pick your next creative agency, taking three weeks off back and forth to agree on the right color for that Facebook ad campaign, reading books on picking the right legal entity for your business idea. I did that. Spending $300 on the logo on 99designs for a project that wasn't even started, and that's me as well. Building a 112-page slide deck to convince your boss to change your trader strategy. Designing that extra feature that this one single customer has asked uh, before launching. Playing too much tennis, not enough golf, meaning focusing way too much on the opponent and the competitor instead of thinking of your customers. Or trying to get 10,000 followers on your LinkedIn company profile. Those are all trivial issues when they're not linked to any strategy. And those are typical examples of the law of triviality in marketing and why marketers tend to struggle to prove their worth. So what's the correct way of dealing with this? There's this great book called Good Strategy, Bad Strategy, written by Richard Rummelt. And it talks about it. It talks about it this way. It talks about the fact that the kernel of a strategy contains three elements. A diagnosis that defines or explains the nature of the challenge. A good diagnosis simplifies the often overwhelming complexity of reality by identifying certain aspects of the situation as critical. Step two, a guiding policy for dealing with the challenge. This is an overall approach chosen to cope with or overcome the obstacles identified in the diagnosis. And finally, a set of coherent actions that are designed to carry out the guiding policy. These are steps that are coordinated with one another to work together in accomplishing the guiding policy. And that's the right way of dealing with the pressure that you might have to do your job. And frankly, this can be done fairly quickly. A good strategy, depending on where you are in the organization, can be done within a week or even less. You can diagnose, you can know what the strategy is, like what to do, what not to do, and then have a series of an action plan that you can execute pretty fast. It doesn't have to take three months, six months, or 12 months. And so the more you do it, the easier it's gonna get. So for the diagnosis, what do you do? You speak to customers, customer-facing staff, you observe people in their environment, you use your gut, you read as much as you can in, in the market you're in, in the category, you look at trends or big systemic changes in the world. And you talk to the people who, who know a lot. You talk to the so-called influencers or people in your team and your organization that know a lot. Once you have that, you have a diagnosis. You can identify the most pressing challenge that needs to be solved. And you need to pick one, you need to pick that biggest challenge. And once you have that, it's all about what are the series of tasks and tactics I'm gonna use to execute the fuck out of it. And this three-step thing is exactly what the marketing professor Mark Ritson would talk about with diagnosis, strategy, tactics, the exact same thing. You start with the market orientation, you start with understanding what's happening around you, that gives you the diagnosis, you identify the challenge, then you have a, a strategy that can be explained extremely simply to your people. Once you have that strategy where you know what to do and what not to do, 
in simple terms, you can then focus on the tactics that everyone loves, which I mentioned above. Maybe the right tactic is to get 10,000 followers on LinkedIn on your company profile. Maybe the right tactic is to optimize the checkout experience once you have a lot of people. But often, very often, those tactics are not linked to any strategy and they are not linked to a proper diagnosis of the situation. So I just want to give you a series of questions to ask yourself. And if you struggle to answer any of those questions, it's a sign that you need to go through those three steps. So who is it for? Who are the people you seek to serve? What do they believe? What's their bleeding neck problem you help them solve? What is the critical problem your product or service helps them solve? What makes them think, I need to solve that pain today? What makes them start in the journey of potentially using a solution like yours? How do they go about researching potential solutions like yours? What does the competitive landscape look like from their perspective? Who influenced them the most when it comes to buying decisions? Where do they spend most of their time? What do they hate the most about your category or industry that you could potentially challenge? Why are they buying from you? What's the number one reason why they think you're the only solution for them to solve that specific pain? What's a fair price, depending on the model, business model you have? What specific segment are you seeking to serve then? What's the biggest challenge you're trying to solve? What are you going to do about it? What are you not going to do? What are you going to say? Where are you going to say it? And how are you going to know if it worked? Right? Those are all seemingly simple questions. But if you struggle to answer any of them, it's a sign that you haven't gone through the diagnosis, the strategy, and the tactics. And those questions are way more than enough for you to have certainty and confidence that you can have the impact that you seek in your organization. So to go back to the very core of this episode, we tend to bike shed. You know, we tend to use this law of triviality when we feel overwhelmed by everything around because we like the remote control way of dealing with the world. I would really challenge you to get sit at the leadership table to make the highest impact you can to create new customers, to grow market share, to increase revenue, to increase average revenue per account and user. Use this methodology that is rooted in first principle because that will really, really help you to know what to do next and what not to do. And you can do that within the realm of what you are responsible for. That's it for another episode of everyonehatesmarketers.com. I'm pouring my heart and soul into this. Uh, it will mean a lot to me if you check out the newsletter that goes with this podcast at everyonehatesmarketers.com. I send this newsletter every Tuesday. It's packed with very practical, step-by-step, actionable ways for you to radically stand out. And when you sign up, you also get access to a free eight-lesson course on the same topic. All right, see you on the other side. And that's it for another episode of everyonehatesmarketers.com. Thank you so much for listening. I'm super, super grateful. I'd love for you to consider subscribing to my daily newsletter, Monday to Friday, called Stand the Fuck Out Daily. I send very short, hopefully interesting, surprising, shocking, entertaining content to help you stand the fuck out. It's at everyonehatesmarketers.com. You can subscribe for free and obviously unsubscribe whenever you want. I'm just going to read a couple of emails that I got recently as a reply 
Juma said your content attacks the mind primarily, which is such a good thing because most of us are skilled at what we do, but we don't have the courage to do it our way. Mark, who just subscribed a couple uh, days before, said this is my first issue of your newsletter. Love it. Glad I subscribed. Brianna said, I just realized this morning that my email habit is now to one, came through the list, two, select all unread industry email except yours, three, delete and don't think twice, four, quickly skim yours. Amy said, also loving the new content that's coming from you. It feels really lovely. Candle said, I like your writing a lot. It really resonates. There's so much bullshit out there. It's good to touch the authentic. And Chloe said, where is the I fucking love this email button? Brilliant. I hope you subscribe. You'll be joining more than 14,000 subscribers at this stage, which is crazy. It's the size of a small stadium. Anyway, thank you so much. See you on the other side.